With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Upgrade your listening with Bose QuietComfort Ultra Headphones. Breakthrough Bose Immersive Audio makes everything sound more natural than ever. World-class noise cancellation gets quieter than any Bose headphone yet. And the high-fidelity audio is tailored to your ears only. So highs hit harder, bass drops deeper, and you feel every note of the track. This is Leveled Up Listening. Bose QuietComfort Ultra Headphones. Dive in deeper at Bose.com forward slash iHeart. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Dive into crime dramas on Pluto TV. Unravel the mysteries on shows like CSI and Criminal Minds. Or follow the clues in Blue Bloods and NCIS. With thousands of free crime movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is the true home of crime. Download the Pluto TV app and start streaming crime now on live channels and on demand. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. It's never too early to prepare your e-commerce business for the holiday rush. Whether you're shipping from your house or a warehouse, you'll want ShipStation when the orders roll in. ShipStation lets you automate shipping tasks and manage orders from one dashboard. And with enterprise solutions and discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, it scales when you do. Set your business up for holiday success with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com leaders today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com leaders. If you've always dreamed of exploring the world, Road Scholar welcomes you. Road Scholar offers educational travel adventures for adults 50-plus in more than 100 countries and throughout the United States. When you travel with Road Scholar, you'll be an active learner, not a passive tourist. Every day is thoughtfully planned to open your eyes to new discoveries, ideas, and people. You'll learn from local experts and meet others who share your passions. Find your next adventure at roadscholar.org iHeart. Before we begin, please note, 
This series includes talk of suicide and sexual violence. Please take care while listening. Badge bunny. Holster sniffer. Road hog. As I've reported this story, a couple of new terms were forced into my lexicon. I had to Google them, but I sensed they'd be derogatory, and I was right. In the most crude fashion, they're used to describe women who have sex with cops on duty. These were terms that were used by various people trying to explain Sandy's connections to local cops. People who were trying to assure me that these relationships must have been consensual. That Sandy just wanted it. She was a self-professed cop freak, after all. The Beals, they saw this coming. Back in 2021, when I told them what I'd found out about the 10 cops, their initial reaction was, here comes the mud. They knew that some would judge and blame Sandy. It's a pretty incredible attempt at totally deflecting responsibility. Jill Filipovich is a feminist author and lawyer. I asked her what she made of these terms. Like if the telling is, okay, this girl was just a badge bunny, a pistol sniffer, that really does remove the bigger picture, which is that in this particular case, it was a group of adult men who were in charge of this teenage girl. I have no hard evidence that Sandy didn't consent to these relationships with PG County Police. But even if she did consent, it doesn't mean these relationships were appropriate. Consent can be coerced. Consent can be a product of fear or a desire to please, or just to avoid a messy scene. Consent is an important concept, but it has limitations when it's used as the sole factor for determining whether or not sex is ethical. I think if we're just thinking of it through this frame of, did she consent or not, then we miss the reality that the police officers in this situation, they're the adults in the room. They have a responsibility to cultivate young entrants into their field. What instead she's learning from these men on the force is that she's a sexual object, that she's expected or perhaps wanted to have sex with them. Of course, it's possible that a teenage girl is going to want to have sex with 10 different men in the same department, but that strikes me as unlikely. What strikes me as more likely is that this is a teenage girl who is just sort of figuring out who she is as an adult, who is just figuring out what it means to have a job what it means to enter a male-dominated workforce. All of her understanding of that is going to be shaped by the expectations that are set by the men who are already doing that job. Before Sandy died, she wrote something that gets to the heart of how these relationships made her feel. Quote, But as always, they have their fun and the hell with you. Why me? Why do I get fucked over so bad? From iHeartRadio, I'm Melissa Jeltson, and this is What Happened to Sandy Beale, an iHeart original podcast. Chapter 4, The Stink. My belief that a number of PG County police officers were having inappropriate relationships with Sandy is largely based on Detective Shashelsky's recollection that he was inundated with phone calls after her death, where cops all but admitted to it. What did you make of her spending all this time and having sexual relationships with police officers? I knew it was going to be a stink. I didn't imagine it being 44 years later. 
but at least some stink was going to come off of it. When Detective Shashelsky initially told me about the phone calls, it was an offhand remark that he didn't seem to attribute much meaning to. That's how I interpreted his tone anyway. But I've spoken to him a number of times since, and he told me that he too believes that Sandy was horribly used, mistreated by his fellow cops. They were all adults and considerably older, and she was just a kid. You know what I mean? And uh, I feel as though that they should have never done what they did. You know, it was just unethical. It's a relief to hear Detective Shashelsky acknowledge this outright, as I've spent much of the last year exploring the extent of this unethical behavior. And I want to recap what I've uncovered so far. Sandy started going on ride-alongs in her senior year of high school, at just 18 years old. At the time of her death, she was in a relationship with one cop, a married state trooper named Doug. Her body was found a mile away from his place of work, in a pole yard that was known to be frequented by cops. There was sperm in her body. Her family recalled that she would socialize with police officers at night. Her address books were filled with the names and numbers of local cops, including some that I've been able to confirm participated in the Explorer program at that time. But honestly, there's a limit to the knowledge I can gather about Sandy's relationships with local cops. And at this point, I feel like I've hit it unless I get some new information. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop probing the question of what all this means. I think we owe it to Sandy to contemplate this scenario in which the teen was victimized by a group of police officers because I think it's very possible that that's what happened. Being deliberately indifferent to the suffering of women is historic in society, and it certainly reflects it in law enforcement, so that's what you saw. Mark Wynn is an expert in police violence. He's a retired police officer who now works to train other police officers how to better handle crimes against women. I've interviewed him in the past, and I trust his instincts. And, and if anybody wants to debate me on this, I'm more than happy to do it. I mean, I'm not somebody who just read this somewhere. I spent my entire adult life working in law enforcement, so I know my family well. Mark started policing in 1977, the same year Sandy died. He looks like what you might envision when you think of a cop. He's tall and broad-shouldered and has a thick mustache. He's also one of the most courteous and patient individuals I've ever met. If you ever have to call the cops, you'd want someone like Mark to show up. Well, all you have to do is look at the history of policing in our country or any other country. It's been a job for men, managed by men, run by men. And that's true, for the most part, in the entire criminal justice system. I think when you exclude women from any, you know, function, social or government, uh, and put a bunch of men together in a room, uh, you're going to have problems. I told him what I'd learned so far about Sandy. My life as a cop freak, Doug, the phone calls, the 10 cops, all of it. I mean, there, there's a potential there for someone to take advantage of that relationship. No question about it. First of all, you're not talking about an emotionally mature person. Um, you're, you're talking about somebody who's, you know, very uh, easily the influence. 
with an offender is the perfect setting. You have authority. You, you're telling these folks what to do. So you can imagine what this what this young woman must have been thinking riding along this police car. You know, as teenager with a with an adult with a gun and a badge with full authority. So it must have been pretty intimidating. Mark was pretty blunt and forthcoming with his theory about Sandy's case, and he told me he'd seen things like it before. I suspect, and from what I've seen in, in other situations, they were passing around from one officer to the next. You know, she's a young, impressionable woman, and they knew it. That's what made her vulnerable. And nobody with any moral fiber, obviously, stepped in and said, what is going on here? It happened at my academy, um, you know, instructors extorting young women for better scores on their tests, singling out women who they, you know, wanted to sexually abuse. Well, and this is the thing about predation. Um, it works better for the predator if your victim is vulnerable. And what more vulnerable place than, you know, a, a desperate young person trying to start a career in law enforcement for Mark, the sheer number of officers involved with Sandy made him suspicious. It's highly likely that they weren't as close-knit as police departments are, weren't talking about all this and sharing information. It almost sounds like she was being trafficked from one officer to the next. Traffickers obviously make money off of it, but they weren't making money. If, if this is the case, they were passing around for sexual gratification. Mark's theory is that these police officers, they use their power and authority for sexually motivated reasons. There's actually a term for that, police sexual misconduct. And for victims who experience it, it can be an extremely isolating kind of abuse. Well, this is the thing with any kind of misconduct. I mean, the, the fact that you, you have a uniform and you represent authority and you know this is somebody using that authority for, an, for another reason this is somebody you when they tell you to do something you obey it and most people do they follow the law they're you know they they don't want to get in trouble with the police there's no sign of identity theft slowing down and why should it more than $29 billion were stolen from identity theft victims last year alone. To cyber criminals, it's a success story. To the rest of us, it's a wake-up call. Your personal info is in more places now than ever, and all that exposure can make it dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock makes it easy to help protect yourself by monitoring your identity and alerting you to threats you could miss on your own. And if you do become a victim of identity theft, a U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will be dedicated to your case and will work to fix it. Don't wait to get LifeLock identity theft protection. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save 25% your first year. LifeLock. Identity theft protection starts here. A brand new historical true crime podcast. The year is 1800. City Hall, New York. 
the first murder trial in the American judicial system. A man stands trial for the charge of murder. Even with defense lawyers Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr on the case, this is probably the most famous trial you've never heard of. When you lay suffering a sudden, violent, brutal death, I hope you'll think of me. Starring Allison Williams. I don't need anything simplified, Mr. Hamilton. Thank you. With Tony Goldwyn as Alexander Hamilton. Don't be so sad, Catherine. It doesn't suit you. Written and created by me, Allison Flock. What are you doing? Let go of me! Listen to Erased, the murder of Elma Sands. She was a sweet, happy, virtuous girl. No! Until she met that man right there. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Head into Safeway for great deals throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Tri-Tip Roast or 16 to 20 count bags of Waterfront Bistro Extra Jumbo Raw Shrimp for $3.97 per pound with digital coupon limit two packages. Plus, get two pound packages of large strawberries for the member price of $4.99 each. Also this week at Safeway, get Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or 16 ounce packages of Genio Ground Turkey Varieties. Buy one, get one free. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for more deals. Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for people who want to know more. And now check out Curiosity's new series, Queens of Ancient Egypt. When pharaohs held the throne, their wives held the power. We see her taking precedence over the pharaoh, an absolute mastermind. All hail the queens. This is unprecedented. Watch Queens of Ancient Egypt now on Curiosity Stream with monthly, annual, and bundled plans. Find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for people who want to know more. And now check out Curiosity's new series, The Real Wild West. Rolling Stone magazine says it's the history of the West they usually don't teach you. The mythology of the West left out a lot of the people. People said they'd never seen a black cowboy. This is the history book, but did you know about these other facts? Watch The Real Wild West now on Curiosity Stream. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. I want to take you down a short tangent now because I don't think you can understand Sandy's story without knowing more about the culture that allows this kind of abuse to flourish. And it does flourish because despite very few victims wanting to come forward, sexual misconduct is the second most frequently reported form of police misconduct, according to research by the Cato Institute. Police sexual misconduct is a dry term but it encompasses a wide range of troubling behavior. Everything from stopping a car without cause to flirt with the driver, to a sexual shakedown, which is when an officer extorts sexual favors in exchange for not ticketing or arresting the person. And a lot of police sexual misconduct isn't actually criminal. It is, however, totally unethical. Take, for instance, an officer who responds to a domestic violence call and uses it as an opportunity to have sex with the distraught victim. In a number of states, it's even legal to have sex with someone in your custody. To learn more, I tracked down one of the few experts that actually studies this stuff. My name is Timothy Maher, and I am a professor in the Criminology and Criminal Justice Department at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Timothy also used to be a cop. He spent 13 years as a police officer in Ladue, Missouri. 
I was watching a news magazine television show back in the early 2000s, and they did a story on a case in New York State where a police officer was pulling women over under the pretense of a, a DWI stop. He told the young woman that uh, he was going to cut her a break, but he still had to punish her in some way. So he said, uh, as your punishment, I'm going to make you walk home and you also have to take all your clothes off. So uh, she was afraid and it was dark and all alone. It was kind of a remote area. And so she reluctantly agreed and, and he graciously let her keep her shoes on uh, because she said it hurt to walk in the bare, her bare feet. Timothy quickly discovered that there was very little research on police sexual misconduct. We don't even have answers to basic questions, like how prevalent it is. We have no way of knowing how much of this behavior goes on. Many people are reluctant to report on the police when these incidents occur. They might report if someone else sexually assaulted them, but when a police officer sexually assaults them, they often think twice about it. And many of them, frankly, don't report it. And when victims do report, it's generally their word against a sworn police officer. The, the cover of darkness plays a role. It's, it seems funny, but a lot of this behavior goes on after hours when there's very few other people around to witness it. You know, everybody else goes to bed, but there's a few people out there still roaming around. And then there's the police because the police work at night. You know, you can stop a car if you want to stop a car. You can get out and walk around and confront people and ask them to come over and even voluntarily talk to me or involuntarily. But there's no one there to stop you, really. The truth is police typically in our society and our culture are, are, you know, have the authority and power and this opportunity to engage. I learned something interesting about the role of group dynamics. Bad behavior can be concentrated to a single shift or a particular group of officers. The day shift could be fine, for example, but certain night shifts may tolerate deviant behavior. One study looking at the Chicago PD found that officers who worked with colleagues who used excessive force were more likely to engage in the same kind of conduct. The behavior was contagious. As the study's senior author wrote, quote, officers' peers may serve as social conduits through which misconduct is learned and transmitted. But there is that culture of not reporting on fellow officers generally in, in law enforcement, not just for sexual misconduct, but for lots of behaviors. Timothy has interviewed numerous police officers about their perceptions of police sexual misconduct. In one 2003 study, he found that while police officers believe that sexual misconduct was common, quote, criminal justice officials have done little to help control the problem, suggesting that this problem may in part be fostered by the police subculture. The officers I spoke with said they drew the line, though, at very serious criminal behavior, inappropriate comments, the sex on duty, uh, minor violations of, of rules and regulations where, you know what? They don't report on each other. It's the blue wall of silence. It's that you just don't deal with that. Most of them would say, I'm not their supervisor. I don't have to deal with that. That's the boss's job. Now, I interviewed sergeants and lieutenants, too. 
what I learned was that, you know, it wasn't unique just to the patrol officers or the non-ranking officers that, you know, ranking and supervising officers were engaging in this behavior as well. I want to take you back to FOP Lodge number 89, the cop club in Prince George's County, the place where Sandy's family said she would get drinks with police after hours. Except instead of 1977, it's 2017, exactly 40 years later. It's 2 a.m. and a group of cops are grabbing drinks. Some of them are still in uniform, including a young woman who I'll call Marie. She's just a few years out of the academy, and she's hanging out with her co-workers and her lieutenant, who I'll call David. The lounge closes and the group migrates outside to the parking lot. After a while, Marie really needs to pee, so she walks into the woods for some privacy. On her way back, in the darkness, she's pulled to the ground. Her lieutenant, David, has grabbed her. He thrusts his hands down her trousers, sexually assaulting her. Marie doesn't officially report the incident, fearing retribution. Even as a new cop, she understands the consequences of squealing on a fellow officer. But news of what happened gets around the department. And two years later, she's called into internal affairs and asked about the incident. She speaks her truth. After David is charged with sexual assault, Marie's working environment becomes one of intimidation and fear. She's shunned by her colleagues and blamed for the prosecution of her abuser, even receiving a threat via text. In a brazen show of solidarity with her lieutenant, high-ranking police officers pack the courtroom to support him at trial. Ultimately, he's found guilty and sentenced to seven years in prison. Marie is reassigned to the evidence department, in effect, a desk job. She later leaves PG County Police, due to what she describes as a hostile working environment. Marie might have thought she was one of the boys, but she wasn't part of the Brotherhood. Marie, she didn't just lose her job. Trauma has a cost. It costs time, money, energy. And it costs Marie her peace of mind. After the assault, she reported having nightmares crying spells, heightened anxiety. This attack and the culture that tolerated it had ousted her from a community she worked so hard to join. And then she was blamed for her own downfall. All of this made me think of Sandy. If Sandy was a victim of some kind of police sexual abuse, I think it's fair to assume it would have weighed heavily on her mental health too. One more secret the teen had to carry. Police sexual misconduct has been a problem in our profession for decades. That's Tom Tremblay. He's a former police chief with a 30-year career in law enforcement. These days, he works to advise police departments on how to respond to domestic violence and sexual misconduct, including within its own ranks. You can't talk about policing without a really courageous conversation about male-dominated culture, about hypermasculinity, and this is something that our profession hasn't done. And I, when I talk, when I address 
hypermasculinity and male privilege in trainings around the country, I'm oftentimes met, you know, in this male-dominated culture with, what do you mean male privilege? What do you mean hypermasculinity? In 2020, Tom helped to author a model policy for how police departments should handle sexual misconduct within the ranks. It prohibits using a law enforcement position, badge, or identification card to solicit, initiate, or coerce sexual contact with anyone. And it explicitly bans sexual contact with anyone in a police explorer program. You might think that police departments would already have specific policies on this issue, but Tom told me that many don't. And so one of the major challenges that I see when I talk to police leaders around the country is um, the first thought process is we don't need a policy to tell officers they can't sexually harass or sexually assault colleagues or citizens. We just don't need that. It's not necessary. These police chiefs might not feel like it's necessary to explain to their officers that they shouldn't break the law. But a lot of police sexual misconduct isn't illegal. And without it being clearly defined, it lives in this murky space of being wrong but silently tolerated. One of the policy components that I recommend that law enforcement consider is that consent shall not be an affirmative defense for any behavior that's addressed by prohibited conduct of sexual harassment or sexual misconduct. Meaning, a cop can't just justify breaking the rules by saying that the victim consented. Simply because the police, the badge and the gun, and the authority to you know, stop and detain someone, search someone, arrest someone, take their freedom away, all of those things are interconnected. Of course, a policy on police sexual misconduct is only as good as its enforcement. But in a culture where secrecy reigns, mandating that such behavior must be reported can help to break apart the blue wall of silence. If someone sees something or suspects something, they're obligated to come forward, not to turn away. The PG County Police Department does not have a police sexual misconduct policy, though. When I asked a spokesperson about this, they sent me a few pages on discrimination and sexual harassment. That policy only protects employees from abuse by other employees and says nothing about the general public. However, Maryland did pass a law in 2021 that prohibits cops from having sex with the people they interact with in the course of their duties, victims, witnesses, and suspects. A brand new historical true crime podcast. The year is 1800. City Hall, New York. The first murder trial in the American judicial system. A man stands trial for the charge of murder. Even with defense lawyers Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr on the case, this is probably the most famous trial you've never heard of. When you lay suffering a sudden, violent, brutal death, I hope you'll think of me. Starring Allison Williams. I don't need anything simplified, Mr. Hamilton. Thank you. With Tony Goldwyn as Alexander Hamilton. Don't be so sad, Catherine. It doesn't suit you. Written and created by me, Allison Flock. What are you doing? Let go of me! Listen to Erased, the murder of Elma Sands. She was a sweet, happy, virtuous girl. Until she met that man right there. On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. When Tracy Raquel Burns was two years old, her baby brother died. I 
was told that Matthew died in an accident, and no one really talked about it. Her parents told police she had killed him. Medical records said that I killed my baby brother. I'm Nancy Glass. Join me for Burden of Guilt, the new podcast that tells the true and incredible story of a toddler who was framed for murder and how she grew into an adult determined to get justice and protect her family. While we had prosecuted some cold cases, this was the coldest, this was frigid. But how does a two-year-old get blamed for murder? She said, we wanted a new life. You just don't know what it's like when you'll do anything for somebody. Listen to Burden of Guilt on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to be rendered speechless? It's hard to put into words the feeling you get when you experience a winter Rocky Mountain getaway. From the thrill of the ski slopes to the tranquility of fireside flickers, in the village of Estes Park, Colorado, it's a feeling they know well. Only a 90-minute drive from Denver, and you're surrounded by snow-scattered peaks, blue skies, and a cozy downtown with restaurants, shops, breweries, galleries, and family attractions. Start planning your Rocky Mountain escape now at visitestespark.com. Oohs and ahs included. This Christmas, what if gift-giving looked different? What if your gifts could make a life-changing, long-lasting, joyful impact on your loved ones and for others? With World Vision, your generosity can make a big impact and grow God's kingdom here on earth. Gifts found in our gift catalog will empower children and families out of poverty for good. Discover how you can help change lives this Christmas at worldvision.org forward slash gifts that grow. Delavi Sciences brings you skincare that's backed by science. Ionia age-defying skincare contains their patented ingredient that boosts hyaluronic acid and activates repair enzymes to diminish fine lines and wrinkles, improve skin elasticity, and even out your skin tone. It's clinically tested, scientifically proven, and dermatologist approved. Visit DelaviSciences.com. That's D-E-L-A-V-I-E Sciences.com. Promo code OFFER20 for a 20% discount. DelaviSciences.com. Promo code OFFER20 for 20% off. When Sandy started training to be a cop, only 2% of law enforcement officers in the U.S. were women. That number grew to around 13% by the end of the 90s, and then it just stagnated. It has remained virtually the same for over two decades. Compare that to New Zealand, where I was born. There, about 32% of cops are women, and they have a goal of recruiting 50% women in order to better reflect the diverse communities that they police. Like Mark Wynn said, the consequences of leaving women out of the room are severe. Not only can it breed hypermasculinity, but it doesn't reflect the true makeup of society. And there's evidence that women police differently than men do. They're generally less authoritarian and less likely to employ both excessive and deadly force. And they may be uniquely positioned to help female victims of crime. Studies show that domestic violence victims, for example, are more likely to report to female cops who tend to show more patience and concern than their male counterparts. But if you're a female victim in the U.S., it's statistically likely that a male police officer will respond to your call for help. He likely will have been trained by a man. His boss is probably a man. 
and he will have spent his entire career working in an environment where women's voices are rarely heard. I keep thinking about Murray, the female cop who was sexually assaulted at the FOP Lodge. She's not out in the world working as a police officer right now. Like Sandy, she didn't get to fulfill her potential. How many other women have similar stories? Here's Kim and Steven talking about Sandy's dreams. I think she would have been a trailblazer. She had a strong sense of justice. She was um, someone that knew the streets well and understood urban life. And she would have just been really great. She had a heart for people, a heart for women, a heart for just humankind in general. And so we lost somebody that probably could have been a really good police officer. Looking back now, she probably would have made a good cop, man. You know, I mean, she could have handled being a cop. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, if that kind of gives you an insight. She'd have been an advocate. She would have been a really strong personality. I would love to have been able to spend more time. I have to, I'd have to really think about that because I'm feeling tears as I think about it. Because um, we do, we lose out. Our dreams and our desires got thwarted. They got, it got dashed, taken away from us. The way Sandy was treated by PG County cops, who, according to Detective Shashelsky, expressed no remorse after her death, it was like she was less than, in their eyes, disposable. It made me wonder how their attitudes towards women might have carried over into their work, influencing the way they interacted with female victims. It's worth noting that domestic violence calls are the largest categories of calls that police officers respond to. Here's Jill. I think that does call into question how they behave in other aspects of their work, right? How they investigate crimes against women, how they treat acts of sexual violence. I just don't see a universe in which you can have those really misogynist, really toxic group norms and still, for example, investigate a rape case in a completely full and fair way. Or investigate a suicide of a young woman in a completely full and fair way. A woman who may have been slandered as a, quote, badge bunny. One who may have been at the center of a stink. I took you down this road, this tangent on police sexual misconduct, to help explain why I think these relationships Sandy had with local police, and I hesitate to call them relationships, were unethical and wrong. PG County knew about these relationships while they investigated her death, and they didn't say anything to her family. There was no acknowledgement of wrongdoing. But learning all of this... It doesn't exactly illuminate what happened in the pole yard that night and whether it was Sandy who used the gun that ended her life. So in our next episode, I want to return to the physical evidence, reviewing it with top experts in the field. And right when I was assembling this episode, I got an email from PG County. After months of asking, they finally sent me Sandy Bill's file. To my surprise, it was 95 pages long, and it revealed something new that upended my assumptions about how and when Sandy became so close to PG County Police. Because as it turns out, she had reached out to them for help. Sandy had a stalker. That's on our next episode. 
how many times in your career, if you remember, have you seen a teenage girl shoot herself? Handful. Handful. Probably less than five. Ever in the abdomen? No. If you're a victim of police sexual violence, I'd love to speak with you. Please send me an email at whathappentosandybeal at gmail.com. What Happened to Sandy Beal is hosted by me, Melissa Jeltson. It's written and produced by me and Katrina Norvell. The podcast is edited by Abu Safar. Sound design by Aaron Kaufman. Jason English is our executive producer. Research and production assistance by Marissa Brown. To find out more about my investigation, follow me on Twitter at Quasimado. That's Q-U-A-S-I-M-A-D-O. Thanks so much for listening. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.